0: Hey out there all you baseball fans, welcome back to the Nephew's Podcast. Megs and Sweet Baby Jay here with you. Jordan, what's up? Good evening, Megs. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody out there. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you have a happy and healthy one. Tonight is Sunday, November 21st, 2021. And last time we joined you, I know we said we would take a break and our next episode would be about the CBA and we would dive deeply into that. But a couple things have happened here
1: in Metsland, and so we've just had to talk about it. A little quick hit episode for you. Things happen to fire off. Syndergaard going first is surprising before the Mets even had a GM in place, but maybe that's part of the reason.
0: Well, let's get to that. The first piece of news is is a bad one unfortunately Noah Syndergaard our beloved Thor is no longer on the Mets roster Noah Syndergaard declined to accept the 18.4 million dollar qualifying offer from the Mets and instead signed a 21 million dollar one year deal with the Los Angeles Angels Syndergaard has only pitched two innings in the past two seasons and will certainly have innings restrictions next year so giving him 21 million dollars is risky for Los Angeles but the effect on the Mets is undoubtedly negative. Noah has been a great Met for the past seven years, and I, for one, am definitely sad to see
1: him go. Gonna miss seeing him pitch. He's gonna get buried in LA. You think he's gonna get buried? Because he's I mean, gonna play at 10 o'clock? And... Yeah, exactly. You're not really gonna see him much, unless he really does have a breakout break out but I stay healthy 150 innings you know yeah, I mean
0: it's got to be a win for the angels if he throws 150 innings it's got to be
1: if he even throws all those innings with the angels right who
0: knows if he comes back and it is just a one-year deal but it sucks, you know, he came back and threw two innings this year. Mrs. Meigs and I saw one of those innings, and whenever asked about his contract status or, or whether he wanted to stay with the Mets, he always expressed interest in staying and basically said this year that if he was offered the qualifying offer, he would jump at it. We offered him qualifying offer. He took all the way up into the deadline and signed this deal with the Angels while we were still searching for your GM you know I love Thor and it's three million dollars so I can't really blame him but it also leaves a bad taste in my mouth I understand that in his introductory press conference with the Angels Noah did say that the uncertainty around the Mets front office certainly played a part in his decision to move on to the Angels and citing that this is a very big year for him in his career and it certainly is if he is to have a shot at maybe two more contracts he has to deliver
1: this year and he has to stay on the mound yeah absolutely and I don't think he's is going to get offered better than 21 million anywhere so yeah why not just take it with the uncertainty of the front office of the Mets and the player CBA it's a great move for Syndergaard
0: it makes sense for him and it's very sad for us but Thor is gone. He Maybe he could be back in a year's time. That will be up to our new general manager. After months of rejection, the Mets have finally hired their GM, Billy Epler. Billy Epler is a baseball guy. He has a good resume. His baseball career started in the year 2000 as a scout for the Rockies. He then joined the Yankees in 2005, stayed with that organization for 10 years, including three years as Brian Cashman's assistant GM. From there, he was the the GM of the LA Angels from 2015 to 2020. New York experience and actual GM experience is a huge plus. This may be the most qualified on paper general manager the Mets have hired since Sandy Alderson was hired 10 years ago. So now all we have to do is just hope beyond hope that Epler is not a criminal or a sexual predator but in general the Mets are better off than they were a week ago.
1: Yeah, and there is nothing anywhere that anybody knows about anything with Epler being a criminal or sexual predator. Let's just get that out there.
0: We have no reason to believe that, except for the fact that the last two guys we've hired in this spot have been either predators or criminals.
1: Yeah, DUI is not
0: a good look. After a party at his owner's house. Come on, Mm -hmm. Listen, hopefully this works out. Again, actual general manager experience. I think this also shows that unlike a Zach Scott or a first-time GM, that Epler may actually be his own person and not just a sounding board for Sandy Alderson, which is certainly what Jared Porter was and certainly what Zach Scott was.
1: Yeah, I think he will be a true acting general manager. And, you know, I don't know if letting Syndergaard walk would have been part of his plan, but it could be a trend that we might be seeing under his his new reign.
0: We'll see how many guys he lets walk. The Mets pace the major leagues in free agents, so there's certainly a lot of work to be done. I do also think that this means Sandy Alderson is one step a little further from the baseball operations, which is certainly a positive thing
1: his time has passed for a full-time general manager he's
0: in his 80s he's a cancer
1: survivor
0: he does not want to be giving press conferences three times a week
1: i mean i'm surprised he's still
0: even there we've touched on that in the past the office is empty. You know, up until this week, until we hired Billy Epler, there wasn't anybody else there. There There's nobody to make these phone calls. Nobody to figure out who to protect for the Rule 5 draft. So, Now, his five years of general managing experience is with the LA Angels, who never had a winning season in those five years, while rostering the greatest player in baseball in this generation. There's something to be said for that, although Billy Epler was the author of Mike Trout's 12-year $456 million extension. Billy Epler was a guy to sign Shohei Otani away from the Yankees he was the guy to do the seven-year 245 million dollar Anthony Rendon deal so he's not scared of spending money Artie Moreno out in LA is a loudmouth wealthy owner and we've got a loudmouth wealthy owner and he knows the New York market with his 10 years with the Yankees again I, I think this is a big win I think this is a big win for the Mets
1: yeah, let's hope Cohen does hand the reins off to the general manager and let the general manager go and see what he can do. But, you know, today's November 21st. The Epler contract, I think, was announced on November 17th. All so, right, so like four or five days, and they said they got to get right to work, and then we've heard nothing. So I don't know. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I, don't I mean, know what's going to happen from here.
0: I think it's fair that we've heard nothing. You know, the CBA is set to expire in 10 days and there's been almost no free agent signings or trades of any kind. It's very early in general, but this will be a very protracted offseason, I think, for everybody, you know, with this negotiation that needs to happen with collective bargaining agreement expiring in a little less than two weeks on the 1st of December. And that's why it's a little surprising to me that Noah did go before the CBA went because as part of the current CBA the fact that we offered him a qualifying offer and he signed somewhere else the angels now owe us a draft pick draft pick compensation may not exist in the next CBA we don't know we know that the players union hates it because it takes a lot longer for free agents who have been offered qualifying offers to get signed because teams don't want to give up that draft pick the angels were like screw it here's a draft pick here's 21 million dollars and went and got him. so that surprised me
1: yeah angels just don't care though they just like having firepower out there big boy toys for the LA Angels. That's kind of the way that baseball team works. I mean, maybe he thinks that after the CBA, he won't be able to get 21000000 million. I'm not surprised that Noah
0: took it. I'm surprised that it was offered. But it was. The other player who had been offered the qualifying offer is Michael Conforto. Today was the deadline to accept that qualifying offer. And he obviously will not accept a one-year $18.4 million deal. So he is a free agent.
1: Also not surprising.
0: Not surprising at all so that's the Mets news and the last major topic that I wanted to cover today all the major awards were handed out the MVPs the Cy Youngs they were handed out last week and since we predicted these awards back in March wanted to come back revisit and put a button on those predictions now many of our candidates got injured or delivered a subpar season but we did boast a few finalists and I nailed another prediction Shohei Otani was unanimously elected the AL MVP, which I told you would happen eight months ago. In the National League, Bryce Harper edged out Sweet Baby J's pick Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis Jr. Now for the Cy Youngs, Robbie Ray beat Garrett Cole in the American League. And Corbin Burns barely overcame Duani B's preseason pick Zach Wheeler. I was really happy that Zach Wheeler didn't win. Duani B only said that to be a jerk. There was definitely a solid argument for Wheeler to be the uh, Cy Young. I agree. I mean, he threw 50 more innings than Corbin Burns, so I do understand that argument, especially this year. But perhaps voters went the other way, saying, well, this year it was such an outlier to throw 200 innings that, all things considered, Corbin Burns had the best season. And he did have a phenomenal season.
1: I mean, he was dominant wire to wire.
0: And the Brewers have a great bullpen and a certain plan. They just have a different plan than the Phillies do with Zach Wheeler. Should that be Corbin Burns' fault? If Burns was on the Phillies, would he be out there
1: trying to throw seven and eight, eight innings every game? Girardi would be like, yeah, go get him. It's either you or Hector Neris." So right. I'm sticking with you. Phillies' yeah, bullpen. bullpen was
0: terrible. It was historically bad in 2020 and only slightly improved last year. I mean, it's bad. It's bad. As for the National League MVP, Bryce Harper. Okay. All right. I mean, he did have this mammoth second half that single-handedly kept the Phillies in the playoff hunt.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I think if you're going to hand out an award based on a second half performance, it would have been Juan Soto. That's why when I looked back on the whole season, I thought that Fernando Tatis Jr.'s body of work through the whole season was the best.
0: Coming down to it, I would have picked Soto. You look at both of these guys, Soto and Harper both had mammoth second halves. And in Harper's case, his mammoth second half was enough to keep his team within a stone's throw of the playoffs, where Juan Soto's mammoth second half came after his entire team was sold. So to me, that's a more impressive feat, where you're the only person in your lineup and you still produce at that level. But playoff pushes and appearances matters to the voters most of the time, although I'm looking across the board here only Corbin Burns was on a playoff team of the major award winners.
1: Yeah, that's fine.
0: It usually doesn't go that way. It's usually an MVP has to be on a playoff team generally, but that's I think true. that's that's changing. Now, in the other awards, Kevin Cash of the Rays and Gabe Kapler of the Giants are your managers of the year. No surprises there. Both very well earned. Gabe Kapler, how do you how are you so bad in Philadelphia and then Terrible. go to and then go to San Francisco and you're hands down the manager of the year? Like no argument wire to wire manager of the year just unbelievable and then finally uh cincinnati's jonathan india and tampa bay's randy arazarena are your rookies of the year yes randy arazarena was still considered a rookie last year believe it or not
1: yeah he played what 10 games in the regular season yeah something very very light something nothing
0: he's an exciting player man randy arazarena in october is just it's something else
1: jonathan india played great all year I can't really think of anybody else in the National League who is really any better as a rookie.
0: Two very easy awards. to All these awards were easy, except for the National League Cy Young, honestly. That was the toughest one. Bryce Harper didn't win by a whole lot for the MVP either over Soto and Tatis, but Shohei Otani was unanimous. And yeah. then in the American League, I don't even know who the third finalist was, but it was it's Robbie Ray, and he was going to take it over Garrett Cole just based yeah. on the fact that, one, well, his numbers were better. Two, Garrett Cole's the spokesperson for spider right?
1: But, you know, spider attack aside, just based on the numbers and overall performance, Robbie Ray had a more consistent year than Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole was a little up and down this year. Can we just talk about, okay, how many
0: guys, how many guys from the National League would have beaten Robbie Ray out for the Cy Young? Eight? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, at least four or five.
0: Burns, of course, Max Scherzer, Zach Wheeler, Walker Bueller, Brandon Woodruff, Kevin Gausman, definitely beat him out. There's arguments yeah. to be made for a couple of other guys here or there, but I'll
1: say six. So it's Easy six. Easy six. And Robbie Ray had a great year. He had he a great did. year. Free agent. I mean, in the same division as the best offense in baseball. Lefty yeah. pitching in Fenway and still having a great year.
0: Lefty pitching against the Yankees a bunch of times a year. That huge right-handed team. You're playing the Rays. He had a great year. He had a great year and very tight pants. Well, I mean, he's a little wide on the bottom. You know what time it is that's right it's time for this week's curveball it is my turn to ask sweet baby j a question here
1: sweet baby j are you ready i'm ready but i do have to say it's hard to throw a curveball by yourself i hear you yeah. not easy i'm ready i'm ready though serve it up right. so, I'm, I'm in off-season form <laughs> jordan the question is who is the active major league baseball career
0: leader in hitting batters what pitcher that's
1: active, what active pitcher has hit the most batters? Very no, nice. Humbles. That's a fun one. Gonna so, have to pick some old pitchers. Might have to make a Bustello for that one. Oh. You know? A little espresso. Yeah, Parker lane.
0: Tamp it down. Sounds good. In the meantime, we'll go through some news and notes. We'll start across town in the Bronx. The Yankees designated Rugnet Odor, Tyler Wade, and Clint Frazier for assignment. The three players were cut in order to protect a number of prospects from the Rule 5 draft. Clint Frazier's gone. Surprising. They could have traded him a couple years ago. They're Can't just trust not. a ginger, man. Can't trust a ginger. <laughs> Athlete. Ginger athletes. No good. No good? No. Who's the greatest all-time ginger athlete? Andy Dalton, probably.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Did he go to the playoffs? He did go to the playoffs, right? Yeah, he never won a game never in won the playoffs. A game.
0: Canelo Alvarez, maybe. Canelo Alvarez? Yeah. He's, a, he's pretty brutal. He, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's
1: pretty good. I mean, is he a ginger? Or he just happens to have, like, kind of red hair. How do you define ginger, and is that an offensive turn? I don't know.
0: I don't think it's offensive. We'll have to ask Warren. In other Yankees news, the Yankees made a hire. Their new third-base coach is none other than ex-Met
1: manager Luis Rojas. That's kind of surprising. You think so? Kind of surprising. I mean, all the way down to a third-base coach? I mean, he just skipped the bench coach role and took a job. And
0: here's the thing. There just are nowhere near the amount of management opportunities or bench coach opportunities available this year as they usually are.
1: I mean, then it's a good move for him. He doesn't have to move where he's living.
0: The openings right now are Mets, A's, Cardinals. Cardinals one was surprising to me also. Didn't make any sense to me. But it's also St. Louis, and they've got such a solid track record as an organization that they probably know what they're doing. Maybe they know something we don't know. Maybe they know something we don't know. Mike Schiltz would look great in orange and blue. I'm just saying that. Wouldn't mind that. Old school baseball guy, real experience. We'll see what happens. Now we have a GM we can focus on hiring a
1: manager. That's true. We can start to bring some talent and authority, put this stuff together. A lot of work to be done with this team. You know
0: what the name that's been floated out there
1: is? Brad Osmus. Yeah. Yeah. I know. We'll see. I don't love Brad Osmus.
0: Neither do I. In this age of the looming expiration of the collective bargaining agreement, there just have not been many signings. There have been a couple, though. Justin Verlander signed a one-year $25 million deal to stay in
1: Houston. It is somewhat interesting. I mean, maybe he feels a little bit guilty because he got paid like $70 million for the last two years of not pitching. Could just be out of ease and convenient because him and his wife are so incredibly rich, they just don't care. Don't yeah, care. They're... I heard
0: the Yankees offered him the same deal, by the way. Yeah,
1: and he's like, well, eh, just not
0: move. All right, so that's Justin Verlander, And then there was a pretty major deal. Lefty starter Eduardo Rodriguez, formerly of the Red Sox, signed a five-year deal with Detroit worth $77 million. That
1: is potentially a very good deal or a very bad bad deal you just don't know which way it's gonna go this is very polarizing he could be a very good pitcher and that could be a decent price for what he can give you over the five years of the contract or he could just completely lose it next year and be worthless for the next five years (laughs) (laughs) you know he could really go either way well he's got
0: a track record here of being at least a, a reliable starter you know serviceable serviceable and reliable you know he's he's got playoff experience all over the place which i don't know if detroit's really worried about playoffs right now are they they were an offense away from being competitive. They were way more competitive than they thought they were going to be last year. They, way, way better. The they pitching
1: fi- staff was much better than anticipated. Yeah, they finished up around 500, I think. I mean, let's just not get carried
0: away. 77 and 85. Yeah. You know who else had a 77 and 85 record last
1: year? The Mets.
0: The Mets. Kind of had Alrighty. the same
1: problem as the Mets.
0: No, East. they had very. They, no, the Tigers well overperformed to get to that record. And the Mets severely underperformed to get to that record.
1: Right, but the Tigers' rotation was like what carried them. And same for the Mets, and both offenses absolutely stunk.
0: Yeah, but the Tigers' offense was supposed to stink.
1: Right, I'm not counting any of that. Blanket statement, all right? Blanket statement. Blanket statement,
0: objective. Objectively wrong is what you are. All right,
1: maybe you could be objectively wrong about
0: one more thing. It's time to step in the box to answer this week's curveball so the question again who is the active major league baseball career leader in hit batsman which active pitcher has hit the most
1: batters all right right off the bat it's got to be a starter they've got to have at least 10 years of MLB experience you would think it's got to be somebody erratic but erratic guys don't tend to stick around long enough I'm going right. to say Adam Wainwright
0: Ooh, close but no cigar the correct answer is World Series champion Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton. He was Charlie really Morton. wild young. It's true. Char- Charlie Morton has 138 hit batsmen in his career. Ties Charlie Morton at 31st on the all time list. He's tied with Chan Ho Park. Chan Ho Park. Yep. Nice. To answer your question, Adam Wainwright has hit 73 batters in his career which is good for 212th all time. So Adam Wainwright, 73, and Charlie Morton has hit 138.
1: Wow, that's a big disparity.
0: All right, my friends, so that is it. That's our show for this week. Again, this was just a quick hit. We wanted to get in here and talk about some of this news. The Mets have a GM, Billy Epler. He's an actual GM, not a first-time guy who's going to be learning on the job, which I think is very good news. Noah Syndergaard is no longer on the roster, which I think is very bad news. Hopefully, it's a temporary problem. And that's it. The next time we join you, we will deliver that promised episode talking about the CBA. Jordan, do you want to know how many pages the CBA is? I'm going to guess it's like 380. Oh, my goodness. You nailed it. It's 373. 373 pages nice. of legalese. Yes. And bullshit. It's a novel of legal language. The table of contents is 15 pages long.
1: <laughs> Why is everything so complicated?
0: <laughs> it's a, a
1: whole lot of lawyers. Whole lot Can of lawyers. Just be like, we give you money, you guys go play baseball, nobody be a dick. <laughs> you know? <laughs>
0: We'll get into it. We'll see what the issues will be on the negotiating table for the next CBA, what it means if the CBA expires without a new one in place, and what we expect
1: to happen this offseason. Yeah, we need some free agent moves.
0: Big reason that free agents aren't happening right now is because of that CBA. You either jump on a deal within the next 10 days or you wait until January or February.
1: Right, it's going to be probably waiting till after Christmas. Very likely.
0: All right, my friends, well, we'll be back at you to talk about that in a few weeks. In the meantime, have a very safe, happy, and healthy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you later.
1: Yes, happy holidays, everybody. Enjoy your holidays, Turkey. Turkey.